Oh, you have Boston, LA. Who wins? Uh, I just feel like the Dodgers have kind of been sitting there, and uh, I think I'd like to see them win it. And uh, my Red Sox fans will hate me, but that's fine. I, I like the Dodgers. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Lena McCray. Welcome into Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County sports podcast. I'm Leland McRae. Joe Deck, what are they talking about in Augusta County? Well, Leland, they're talking about a raucous night of high school football in which Riverheads got revenge on Ari Lee, quite decidedly, 49-10. to 10. Wilson outlasts draft 31-28. to 28. Waynesboro looks like they are going to go 0-10 after losing to Broadway 39-12. to 12. And Fort took another one on the chin, 35 to seven. Let's start at Wilson draft just because that was such a tight game and it was the most competitive game in the area. And before the game, we were breaking it all down and we really decided it was going to be, you know, a coin flip game, which, you know, that phrase will get repeated tonight. But uh, it lived up to the hype. I mean, Stewart's draft was leading up until very late in that game. And Wilson made the big game winning touchdown, got the two point conversion to get the three point lead and then was able to hold on. Uh, Welcher got the interception to seal it. Really proud that Wilson didn't do what Gap did a couple weeks ago, that Wilson came into a game that, you know, they needed to win and weren't surprised that draft um was there and they played right with them and they got the win and touchdown and, and really overcame a tough test. They're going to have to win a tough game here out if they want to go further than they should. And uh, whether they do that or not, fine, but they have that experience now. Yeah. Uh, wow. I don't know. I was with you until the very last thing. Like, well, now they have a chance to go out and win a very big game. Maybe not this week, but next week when they play Buffalo Gap is kind of more yes, where I'm leading. No, to. that's yeah. true. That's a big game for them. Um, Stewart's draft. I I picked Wilson to win. Uh, when they fell behind, though, I kind of didn't believe that they could win it when they were behind in the fourth quarter. But they found a way, and that's what you know good teams do. They find a way to win. Uh, Stewart's draft, though, definitely has improved from earlier in the season. That four game losing streak. Yep. They've now they rattled off two straight there before losing la- uh, this past Friday. And, you know, I know that's not what Stewart's draft fans were hoping for. They were hoping to get another win, get back to 500. But look, this is not a bad football team. It's just a young football team. And we talked about that Friday night some on the radio at ESPN 1240. But I, I think Stewart's draft will have a lot to look forward to next year. This is not yeah. their year. For Wilson, this is their year. I know they have some young kids too, but I feel like the other teams in the area are progressing at a rap, more rapid rate. So I think for Wilson, it's a good thing they're probably going to make the playoffs this year. And you and I will touch on this a little later. I think the eight teams have been decided. It's just a question of in what order. Yeah. So Wilson needs to get as high as they can and make as much noise as they can because I'm not sure next year is going to be better than this year for them. Yeah, I think they do need to capitalize on what they can do. Now, I'm not saying next year they can't slip back in and as an eight seed, but I don't see them, you know, contending for a home playoff game next year and, and keep moving up. Because I agree, Stewart's draft's probably better next year. Um, uh, you know, Fort's coming in and they're a better football team. And, and that's a team that beat Wilson earlier this season. So it's going to be, you know, there's not going to be enough room at the table for Wilson next year to really uh, accelerate what they're doing from this year. So, uh, 
happy they got that win. They have a tough game this week. You, uh, you know, if they shock the nation and, you know, beat East Rock, then sure, they'll, they'll have higher aspirations than what we've given them. I don't put much on that. But we're going to talk about this game a lot next week. They're going to play Buffalo Gap on the season finale, and that's all about positioning and where you want to be. And, you know, they can go in that game and win it. And a lot of projections where I think they might be down to the eight seed that I'll say here in a second, you know, they jump up to the six seed real quick if they beat Buffalo Gap there and Buffalo Gap goes falling down to that area. I think a six seed is where you want to be because if you're a seven or an eight, you're playing East Rock and Central and there's no way you're going to win that game. I agree. Let's talk a minute about the Riverheads game. We were at that game and it was just Riverheads dominating, you know, from three minutes in on. There was an early fumble by Riverheads, but then immediately you saw the defense from Riverheads step up, get the stop, force a field goal. But then after that, no Lee until the last minute of the ball game. Yeah. And Ari Lee fans might be disappointed in that game. And I'm not saying they were, you know, any someone should be happy with how that game turned out. But I think that was just Riverheads is better than Lee. And to me, that started at the line. Last year, Ari Lee did not get physically dominated up front. This year, yeah, they, they, did the they got manhandled. Yeah. There, was, there was no chance for Dodd or Lawler on the read option. We talked about the read option being a big part of Ari Lee's, Ari Lee's offense last year with Jaden and this year with Will Dodd and Honestly, it didn't matter what Will Dodd did on that read option. There's three or four gladiators in the backfield as soon as the ball gets to him. Hand it off to Lawler. He gets tackled for a two-yard loss. Keep it. You get tackled for a two-yard loss. It it was just, who do you want to get the two-yard loss, really? And those poor snaps didn't do him any favors. And I guess, you know, maybe I haven't dug as deep as I need to as a media person to know why that was happening. Um, I assume I hadn't heard of an injury at center offhand but maybe they are experiencing that you hate to be dealing with that kind of problem in week nine of the season uh so you'd really hate to think that's you know the same kid playing all year um but yeah that didn't do him any favors whatsoever and it really cost him in a lot of spots the other thing i was really excited about that game was just riverheads kind of putting on the display of the machine of six different ball carriers scoring touchdowns i i just think that's a great example of what a lot of these area teams try to do and you see the lawler the evans the rivenberg up there with you know 1200 yards already and uh what 30 touchdowns or whatever it is but then you see these other teams like riverheads like wilson like loray that don't do it with one guy and they still find success and and riverheads really put that like a a, a you know a great example of what how to do that yeah, and it, counting the defensive touchdown, all their touchdowns were scored by different yeah. people. So, um, Waynesboro is 0-10. Uh, I don't think that. there's anything else to say about that. Broadway beat them pretty handily, and Fort lost to a much better Harrisonburg team. Yeah, we're not going to you know dump on Fort for losing a game to uh, you know a team that's just more athletic than them. And I think and the bigger. quotes in the paper, I, I don't always buy into you know just because they're a 5A school. They play in the same district. They play each other every year. You know, Harrisonburg hasn't dominated that district for 30 years by any means. So I don't always just buy into that it's a 5A school playing a smaller 3A school. But they have this this roster has more talent offensively than what Fort could keep up keep up with. And that was the best offensive team they played yet this season. You know, we've given cred- credit to Rockbridge when they held them around. But Harrisonburg's a lot better than them. And uh, Fort's going to have to figure out something here in two weeks when they play Spotswood. But in the meantime, they have a must win against Waynesboro, a team that everybody has beat this season. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to NFL. The big rivalry game this week was the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. 
and the Redskins find a way to win it. Yeah, the Redskins do. Uh, you know, whenever they can beat Dallas, any Redskins fan is very happy. Uh, there was some weirdness at the end of that game where yeah. the uh, the um, what are the illegal snap or, or um, snap infraction, I guess is the technical term, um, kind of helped the Redskins out. Now, the Redskins looked like they kind of controlled that game. They just never showed it on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So I think the better team, the team that played better all day won that game. But man, they made it close. I agree with you. I, th- I thought I actually watched quite a bit of this game. This was the only football I watched this weekend um, because my Ravens weren't on. But yeah, I felt like the Redskins were the better team in this game. Dallas kind of hung around a little bit, but never really got in a position where you felt like they were going to win the game. I have a question. How's that Hall of Fame kicker for the Ravens doing for you? Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he missed one extra point in his life. <laughs> and unfortunately, it came with 30 seconds left, and that would have tied the game. But look. Um, Only because I'm a Steelers fan am I giving you crap about that. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't see a lot of people on social media, which is saying something because social media is the worst a, place haven, yeah. a haven for people to say really <laughs> dumb things. But I haven't even seen a lot of people on social media blaming Justin Tucker for the loss. I think I've seen one person say, well, that kick did mean that we didn't tie the game and I was like okay so he misses one extra point in his entire career uh and he's made huge kick after huge kick to win us some games that we had no business winning so yeah I'm not going to get mad at Justin Tucker um looking at highlights Jimmy Smith apparently got abused but he got abused by a hall of famer in Drew Brees so look I I didn't think we were going to win this game going into it so the fact that we only lost by one I feel kind of okay about everybody else in the AFC North lost this week too. So I'm not that worried. Well, Steelers didn't play, so they didn't lose. Well, right. Anyway, uh, we didn't lose any ground on anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else won. Um, I think that missed kick, honestly, I just think it brings up the subject. Now we heard it on the Tony Kornheiser podcast today. It brought up the point of like moving those extra points back has created more drama in these games. And I, I honestly didn't like it. I don't like how if you kick the extra point, you're back here. But if you go for two, you're up there. I, I don't like how that works. But I do like that it creates situations like this where the extra point can be missed. It's not a 99% kick anymore, and it can create drama like this. So I, I think it brought up that, and I think it's I think it's good. The problem is now we're seeing all these overtime ties and everything. I don't know if those are related, but it's, it, it's interesting they happen at the same time. Uh, well, the overtime is because they – stupidly kept the same overtime rules except they made the overtime period shorter yeah uh the Steelers go this week against the Browns uh you guys get the Panthers coming up while the Ravens do and the Skins get the Giants so a lot of uh you know between the Giants playing the Skins and the Browns playing the Steelers those are good uh um rivalry games in division and the Panthers. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there for your Ravens? Uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's at Carolina. I do think the Ravens will rebound and win this game. I think, I don't think the skins giants is going to be a good game. I think the skins are going to walk o- all over yeah. the New York giants because they're a bad football team. I do think the Steelers Browns is going to be a good game though. They probably will be that they tied last time they played. So, uh, uh, yeah, it will ugly. be interesting. I think the only other point, and I think a lot of people in the area are talking about this. I had three different conversations today uh, or between the last two days on this was how good the Chiefs look. And I like it. I like Andy Reid. I liked when he was at Philadelphia and I, they were consistently good. They can never get over that hump. And I'm hoping that they can do that there in Kansas City. Now, everybody today is making the joke that, you know, Kansas City is going to get in that first round and lose. Um, but, hey, if they have a first round bye, they can't lose in the first round. So. That's true. 
<laughs> I, yeah, think, I, I think they're, they're going to be fine. all right. They're really good. Look, do I think they're going to win the AFC? No. I, I Call me crazy. New England, I still see them as like the evil yeah. team in the back. You know they're going to make the playoffs because that division's not very good. The Miami yeah. Dolphins, which, by the way, as the season progresses, look start to look like the Miami Dolphins, which is a not very good football team. Yeah. So the Patriots will be fine. I still think the Patriots win, but uh, you know, potentially, potentially a Super Bowl preview coming up uh, in a few weeks uh, in Mexico, of all places. Yeah, the Rams and uh, the Chiefs playing in Mexico City. That'll be an interesting one to watch. But yeah, I think Kansas City probably has the best shot to go come out of the AFC if your name isn't the Patriots. And I'm a Steelers fan saying that. They just look really good, and I don't want to play them. I honestly rather play the Patriots and just get my misery uh, <laughs> over with sooner than, uh, than have to take on the Chiefs and get through that and then have some kind of confidence, then lose to the Patriots once they get to the playoffs. But, I mean, the Chiefs look good, and they're fun to watch. I mean, that's the one thing. If if the Steelers aren't going to be that great this year and they're, they're coming around, I, I want to watch fun football, and the Chiefs are that. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is good. Um, well, Leland, uh, the intro for this episode was your World Series prediction, which is spot on. Dodgers, Red Sox. You also picked the Dodgers. Are you sticking with the Dodgers? It's just my the wisdom of my years of watching baseball is what, uh, yeah, is what you what have is? to have some faith in. Um, you probably watch more baseball games because you watch every Orioles every night, and that's – that's bad I baseball. Mean, it's funny you mentioned that because my brother, patient, <laughs> my brother was here a couple weekends ago and we were watching some playoff baseball. I was like, you know, I kind of forgot what it felt like to watch actual baseball teams play baseball. And, and October is so fun. I mean, you can just watch any one of these games and they're fun. Uh, the Dodgers, you know what? After watching the Red Sox a bit more, I'm not feeling very confident with my pick, but I'm going to stick with them because I that's what I said. I'm going to stick with them. Um, I'm not going to claim I was right if the Red Sox win. If the Dodgers have to win for me to be right. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I, I'm i not going to be upset with whoever wins this. Uh, my my good buddy Steve is a Red Sox fan. I'll be happy for him. I, I, I like the way the grit of that team. And I know you always compare them to the Yankees. And money-wise, I get it. The and even and even fandom, I get it. Like There's a lot of jump on people on the Red Sox in the last 10 years. And it's kind of disgusting. But I've never, I don't ever, maybe in the 90s, the Yankees played with some kind of grit and toughness, but I, I, they always seemed so white collar. I, I like the Red Sox are a blue collar team. And, and yeah, they play with a lot of money. They, they have the money to spend, so spend it. I, I don't mind the Red Sox as much as you do. They are the Yankees. They are the same thing. <laughs> if you're a Red Sox fan listening to this, about to have a heart attack because of what I just said, I don't know what else to tell you. Both of you spend insanely in free agency. That's what makes you the same. You don't develop talent most of the time. Most of the time, not to say you can't because you have. They have. Nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, your best players are people you get in free agency. So you are the same. You always are linked to the top names on the market. You're the same thing. I know that makes your skin crawl. But it's something you need to know. And I'm going to give you two things you need to know. One we'll do at the end like normal. But this you need to know. You are the same. Um, Look, I'm going to pick the Red Sox to win in seven. Uh, One, because I hate them more. So that's how it's going to go. And (laughs) two, that leads me to the World Series. Uh, Is this going to be a great World Series in terms of skill and talent on the field? Yes. 
am I going to be able to objectively sit there and understand that while I'm watching it? No. I'm going to do something that I, uh, patent pending, would like to call hate watching. Uh, I'm actually an expert at it. And if you're asking yourself, you what is hate teams. watching? Um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it sounds like. You sit down and you know you're going to hate the thing you're going to watch, but you're going to watch it anyway. I do it with TV shows sometimes after I've invested multiple seasons and I know it's coming to an end, i.e. Game of Thrones. Uh, and I'm just like, well, I'm going to hate the ending, but I've sat through it this long. Might as well ride it out to the end. Uh, I love baseball. I'm going to hate watching the Red Sox and the Dodgers play. Uh, and the Red Sox is going to make enough sense. I'm an Orioles fan. They're a division rival. The Orioles and Red Sox have had a lot of contested, uh, heated moments in that rivalry, especially recently. I don't like David Price or Chris Sale. I think they're both jerks. Hey, you got to give some respect, though, to Price battling through his mind games that he's been dealing with for years. In the I don't. And actually doing something on the mound. No. Congratulations. You're a quote-unquote uh, self-proclaimed ace and you finally won in your what 13th playoff start congratulations for doing your job i to reverse it, i never thought he would get it right i thought they needed to put him in the bullpen so i i'll give him respect for finally starting the game and pitching six straight great innings i'll give him respect that's fine um so yeah i hate the red sox because of the red sox i don't like david price or chris sale uh and look the dodgers i actually didn't have a problem with until manny had to rear his manny head uh, and by that, I mean, Manny's a dirty player. And when he was an Oriole, you kind of looked over it a little bit. You kind of were like, yeah, well, the guy from the A's was thrown at his knees and he just got heated because he was coming off a knee injury and he got heated and threw his bat in a bad temper moment. Uh, yeah, well, that's Manny's swing. And he, his swing always seems to catch the back of the catcher's head. Uh, now it's like, nah, Manny's just a dirty player. And yeah, he is. And I don't like Manny anymore. What he did with Jesus Aguilar running and clipping his yep. ankle was, was dirty. Uh, I don't like that Manny doesn't hustle. I think he's a prima donna. Look, he is one of the best players that will ever play this game. But that doesn't mean he plays it the right way. And that's my problem with him. All right, let's move on from baseball because, I mean, the Dodgers are going to win. I've been right the whole way. Why would I go wrong now? Let's circle back to some high school sports real quick before we jump into our uh, entree here. Uh, volleyball, you know, getting into the postseason. They have the Shenandoah District Tournament first. We're going to have Patrick Height on next week to break down the playoffs. And this might be offensive to some, but the real playoffs, you know, the regions where somebody actually is going to go home after the Shenandoah district tournament is going to provide four teams to the playoffs. And that doesn't count Riverheads. Who's going to go to the one B region and still be in it. They're going to have five teams coming out of the Shenandoah. It's too many teams to keep playing after this week, but that's fine. Uh, Wilson and page draft and Lee, the winner of those two will meet each other in the second round. Uh, Riverheads and gap East rock and Lorray, The winner of those two will see each other in the second round. So It'll be an interesting Shenandoah district just to see who who that fourth team coming out of the Shenandoah is since Riverheads is sitting in that three spot. Uh, but a lot of good volleyball out there. I think you're looking at a, a Wilson-East Rock uh, Shenandoah district final come next Monday. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Wilson does not win this district tournament. I think they're just better than everybody else. Well, East Rock took them down the other week, so it should be interesting. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it again. 
Let's move on in high school sports and go back to football for a minute. The PowerPoints came out. It kind of is set. East Rock Central, LeRae, Clark, Gap, Wilson, Lee, and Strasburg. I think those are the eight teams. Now, where does maybe three through eight finish? But really, four through eight, it could be anything. I was going to say, I feel like the top three are locked in where they are. I don't think Central's going to jump East Rock, and LeRae is not jumping either one. My only worry is if if Draft does what they did to Gap. And, you know, Gap and LeRae played a very tight game earlier this season. Does Draft and LeRae play a very tight game this week? Does Draft pull one off? You don't know. I, I think as long as LeRae wins that game, they're going to be in that three seed. And I think that w- is what will happen. But that four through eight, it could really finish any different way. Yeah, look, I agree with you. Uh, when you look at the ratings that as they are right now, uh, there's not a whole lot separating these teams at four through eight. Uh, I still, I know you think Buffalo Gap's going to jump Clark, and maybe they will. I don't know. It, it all comes down to that last game, Buffalo Gap-Wilson. I don't think Wilson can get up to four. So for me, it's a question, does Gap beat Wilson? Right now, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll save that prediction for the last Friday of the year. I want another. I want as much time to think about it and see what I've got here to, before I make my prediction. But uh, Clark County is a team that, I'm sorry, if you're Buffalo Gap, you don't want to see. If you're Wilson, you don't want to see Clark County. I know you don't think Clark County is very good, but I think Clark County is just as good, if not better, than both of those teams. Ari Lee is going to be seven or eight, in my opinion. They're going to finish the season with two wins. So I do see ways where they can finish sixth. Um, it's just all the movement around them. is it, it might leave them down. There's even a way they could get to five on a couple of the way I ran the numbers. I honestly don't see them sitting at seven. I think they're going to get to that sixth spot and maybe to five, just depending on what Clark does. Um, well, Clark's going to win against Mason. It's just they're all so tight. It's, it's just going to come down to previous teams that they beat or lost to on if they win or not. Um, so one way I have it, I have Gap hosting Lee in the first round at the 4-5 matchup, and that would put um, Wilson headed to East Rock, Central and uh, Strasburg playing, and LeRae and Clark playing. Uh, LeRae and Clark would be a rematch from last year. The other way I have it, again, with Gap, probably winning both or, or gap winning um, both these last games, them still at the four spot, but hosting Clark. And then that would have Lee going to LeRae, which I think would be the way the game I saw Lee's going to come in there with a lot of confidence. If they end up going up to LeRae, I know they got beat there last year and they played twice last year and they split, but the way Lee played it in the second half this year in the regular season game. Yeah. They'd go into that game. Assuming they'll win. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't Lorray love the chance to reverse the roles from last year? <laughs> they would, they would. But, uh, you know, what I'm really kind of looking at is Gap really needs to win <laughs> for for there to be some home playoff games in Augusta County out of 2B. Because otherwise, if Wilson wins, I don't think there's still those couple points behind. I still think Clark will hold on to that four spot if Wilson wins. So I think everybody's been traveling north and and credit to the bull run and credit to the northern teams in the Shenandoah district being yeah. all solid. Yeah, because Leland tells us how bad the bull run is every, every week. So it would be kind of surprising to see them have home games. Augusta, Augusta County's beat up on each other a little bit. Stewart's draft yeah, maybe, beat up like that. Maybe no um, one's maybe no one separates themselves. 
Wilson beating beating Lee. They beat up on each other a little bit. So it'll be interesting. Next week, I'm sure I'll pretty much ramble off a bunch of names again, just like I did this week, um, because it, this is my favorite time in high school football when you're trying to project everything, and uh, it is a really good time. But let's get in to the midseason point of NCAA football, and let's talk about some R teams and then talk about some overall stuff at the midpoint. Okay, well, let's jump into the team that both you and I care about and is the most popular team in the Commonwealth, the University of Virginia Tech Hokies. And they are 4-2, and 3-0 and in the ACC. That one's for you, Jeff, right? I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, I put the biggest games left, Miami and UVA. Four of the last five games are at home for the Hokies, and those are Georgia Tech this Thursday, which, yikers, Boston College, at Pitt, Miami, UVA. Uh, I put on here, Leland, for you. Uh, Optimist Joe says Virginia Tech wins out and wins the Coastal. Nightmare Joe, and loses in the ACC Championship, I should put as a caveat. That's Optimist Joe. Nightmare to the mile, those are the mile-ahead Clemson team that was yes. proven. Go on. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Joe says Virginia Tech wins one of their last five games and that misses a bowl unlikely. game. It seems unlikely, but it's not impossible, and I could very much see a scenario where that happens. You can. My actual prediction, Virginia Tech dro- drops just two other final five. It's Boston College at home and Miami, and they will not go to the ACC championship. I'm not that as worried about Boston College. I, I worry about us going to Boston College a lot more than us hosting Boston College. I know we've had trouble with them in the past. We've had trouble at Pitt time after time. So if we're going to lose to one of those two teams, I'd be more worried about Pitt on a senior night over there than I would – um, the Boston College game, the Miami game, it's just going to depend. I mean, all these games are just going to depend which tech team shows up. And are, are we are we playing defense? You know, it's just going to come down to that. I think my prediction no. is we're going to lose one of them. That's my optimistic and what I think. I'd say I'm more worried about those games. I'm just going to say in general, I'm more. Oh, you're saying we only lose one more game the rest of the year. Yeah, we lose one game. Okay. That's what I think. So I hope it's not Thursday. (laughs) Well, if it is Thursday, you could still salvage a trip to the coastal. Miami is the one you can't salvage. Yeah. All right. Moving over to UVA. And last week we were very positive about them. uh, Or our program was, I guess we were quiet for a time period. Uh, how do you see UVA going after, you know, Jeff Wright played some, he, he, he gave a good reasons why we can think good things about UVA. And well, maybe, maybe after listening to him, he won me over on some of them because they're five and two, three and one in the coastal. They have Pitt and Virginia tech left. Those are their two big bugaboos. Uh, optimist viewpoint would be UVA wins out and wins the coastal. I don't think that's that outlandish Leland. And I see your look over there through the camera. I know you're about to laugh, but UNC, Pitt, Liberty, at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech. What about Virginia Tech this year has made you think, oh, yeah, this team couldn't possibly lose? I think it's more – it's more – I don't think they're going to win out and win the coast. So that's what I'm rolling my eyes at. I I think they're going to at least lose one or two um, because – of what I've seen my entire life out of UVA. Maybe my, I wasn't watching, I guess when they were good. 
Um, they just don't do that. They don't win November like that. That's not what UVA football does. Yeah, but and there's I don't always, think Rocco Mendohall is going to make that happen. Yeah, but there's always been teams that I can look at on the schedule and say, yeah, that team is better than UVA. I don't know if any of these teams on their schedule are better than them. I don't know if Virginia Tech's better than them. I, I agree. I'm not really arguing that point. I, I said as much last week, but... So I I, th- I think they're gonna they're gonna lose at least one or two down the stretch down the stretch. I would put Virginia Tech as one of the more likely ones for them to lose. Um, yeah, looking at the other four, it's hard to come up with a second and and acknowledging that I'm biased on why they're gonna lose to Tech. Maybe they lose those last two to Tech and Tech. I was gonna say that I'm just saying my optimist viewpoint. I do put realism in the optimist view. That's why I don't have Virginia tech beating Clemson because it's not realistic. Uh, my optimist view, UV, I could see a scenario where UVA wins out and wins the coastal nightmare view. UVA only wins two of their last five, but they still do make a bowl game, uh, at this point, even in my nightmare scenario, because I don't see them losing to Liberty. I mean, your nightmare scenario Your nightmare scenario is probably what before last week I just would have assumed for them. So, I mean, well, so good for them. Good for them of raising the expectations and showing, you know, they beat Miami. They beat Duke this week. I have respect for Duke. I get yelled at every week for that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, good for them and I'm proven. Like, I mean, it's better for them to be good than bad. It's, it's terrible when we're both – searching for a bowl game in that last week of the uh, season. So let's everybody be making a bowl when we meet up and yeah, maybe put the coastal on it. That'd be nice. I'll save that thought with them being good. as a good thing. I'll save that for a later point. But uh, what I actually think is going to happen, UVA will win out until they play Virginia tech. The loss of Virginia tech costs them the coastal because that will be their second ACC loss. Miami will go to the coastal. You just speak out of both sides of your mouth so often. You're so you hate everybody, and then all of a sudden it's ah oh, yeah, Tech will beat somebody. JMU, I don't even. I'm want just to saying talk that's about- why the optimist viewpoint is what it is for UVA. When you're rolling your eyes that they could win the coastal, uh, no one on that schedule is way better than UVA. Just because I say it might be good for them, it's better for all of us. It's that not they're good better. for Virginia Tech. <sighs> I don't care. They can get whatever recruits they want to get. They've been getting them for 15 years and they don't do anything with them. So I'm not yeah. that worried about it. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. Our coach All is right. plateauing. Theirs is progressing. Okay. Let's move on to JM. JMU is five and two, three and one in the CAA. <laughs> <laughs> Their biggest games. Their biggest game. When was the last time? (laughs) When was ever UVA in an ACC championship game? We were on one two years ago. You act like we are not. I tried to paper right over that. We're still on a bull streak. Like what? You just jump off the cliff every time. JMU. I don't want to talk about your nightmare scenario because it's not possible. Stony Brook and Towson isn't beating them. It's not happening. Well, Towson is undefeated. Towson can be undefeated as they want, and maybe they beat them, but the both of them aren't beating them. I don't see either one of them beating them. They're going to get in the playoffs. They're going to have a high seed. They're going to get that first round by, and we're going to be talking about JMU until around Christmas, if not into January. That's what's going to happen. That's the prediction. Yeah, that's they, what I said. Optimist Joe is JMU wins out, wins a national title. Nightmare Joe the is. They do. Game. They, I do think they could lose to Stony Brook and Towson. Both of those teams are in the top 25. Both of those ranked where or better than where Elon was. Elon snuck up on them. It's just not. It's just not going to happen that way. They're going to take care of business. But I do think JMU wins out. He does a good job. Yeah, Coach Houston's great. I do think JMU wins out, and I think they would. Their only loss is if they play North Dakota State. 
let's talk about the big boys. You know, we're going to be watching football in January, and it's not with any – well, maybe JMU, but not, a, not Tech or UVA. No. Bama, number one. Clemson, number two. Notre Dame, number three. LSU, number four. Now, LSU and Bama play in two weeks. That's the next game for both of them. That's a playoff game for – for, particularly for LSU. I guess Alabama could lose that and still get into the playoff. They've LSU done it loses, they're done. <laughs> yeah, Alabama, Alabama's lost a playoff regular season game and made it in before. Yeah, I mean, they do that. And when you're when you're Alabama, that's what happens. I, that's what I've just come to accept. Whether it's right or wrong, I accept it. It's, it's what USC got in the early 2000s. It's what happens. Yeah, it was only two teams then, though. Clemson... I would be shocked if they're not in the playoff. Like they're going to have to get completely shocked by a team. They're not going to play anybody that I think they would be reasonable for them to lose to. Okay. I agree. Notre Dame kind of same story. And I don't think they're that great. I know they beat Virginia tech, but that's not a very good measuring stick. I think they get trounced by whoever they play in the playoff. I agree. LSU. I think LSU is going to lose to Bama in two weeks. So I'm not going to sit here and talk about them being in the playoffs. So who's going to get in, in that contenders of five to 11, anybody of those teams, I, I, who do you think gets in that four spot? This is where it gets wild and crazy because I don't think Michigan's going to beat Ohio state, even Ohio state's embarrassing loss to Purdue this weekend, which I loved. Uh, I, I think Michigan loses that game. So they're five right now at six is Texas, Texas, maybe because Georgia who's behind them is going to get a big boost when they beat Florida this week. They also play Kentucky and Auburn. I think they'll win out, but I don't think they beat Alabama in the sec championship. So they're out Oklahoma. Can Oklahoma jump Texas, a team that beat them? Uh, We'll see. Well, but Texas is going to Texas isn't going undefeated the rest of the way. Like, I mean, they're. Oh, yeah. OK, State and West Virginia are so unbeatable. I mean, Maryland apparently wasn't beatable. So this is a different team from the Maryland game. I don't know what we're talking about now. I think Oklahoma can beat them. Oklahoma has the talent. They're well coached. They'll play again in the Big 12 championship. I don't think they will beat them, though. I think it's going to be a great game. I still think Texas wins that game. I think I think what you've just said adds up to Ohio State getting in. So we're going to see a very Disgusting. familiar playoff with Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. That uh, would be disgusting. Yeah, there's not a lot to root for there. I hate. I don't. I don't just necessarily just root for an ACC team because they're in it. But I'll be rooting for Clemson if that's the case. I will. Well, yeah. Hate watch. I, You'll hate watch. I'll hate watch <laughs> because I don't want Alabama to win. I don't want Ohio State to win. Don't want Notre Dame to win. Yep. And I so don't, with I don't dislike Clemson. I just, I don't, I don't like Clemson. I, I, I don't dislike to, Clemson though. I try to think we're on a path to, uh, to beat them someday. It seems a decade off when we yeah, watch our team. Don't worry but, about it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like Florida state or someone, you know, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't like Florida state, but you know, I don't want to like Clemson, but I'd be rooting for him in that case. Hey, you root for Clemson. So then, uh, when Alabama comes open, when Saban finally goes, then Dabo will be, well, I've accomplished everything I can at Clemson, and he'll go on down there. Where it's even easier? No. He'll stay at Clemson. <laughs> he'll have slayed the giant. You think he's a lifer? 
I do. Clemson. I think he's a lifer at Clemson. Where do you go that's better? Clemson's going to be able to pay you pretty area. much whatever you want. I know any contract that any coach signs in NCAA football is not worth anything. And Saban re-upped there. If he goes in the next three years, I think Dabo will definitely consider going. Will he go? I, I don't know. No. I just I just wonder about it. I mean, that's where he came from and everything. I just wonder if he wants to continue that dominance that Alabama's had. Um, if he's, he's got to get out of there soon or he'll definitely be a lifer. I, it's kind of, he's a lifer. I, he's, I don't do I don't, I, you think he is now. I think he's built something there. He has built Clemson into an annual threat for a national title. Why would you leave that? I do think he should, in a relatively weak ACC. Why would you leave that? He should thank teams like, or people like Saban and some of these other guys that have gone to the NFL and failed so where it makes it obvious, hey, Dabo, you don't belong in the NFL. Stay here in college. Because I think, I mean, he just does, he, he is just a college coach. He look, and a great one. And he does a great job. And it's not like a holding him back kind of thing. But I, he's a college coach all the way. Um, yeah, I, I think the only way I don't I think you're wrong right though. now. I don't think way, you're wrong. I, th- I think Ohio State probably will make it in over Texas. I think. Even if Texas wins out, I should say. I agree. I think either way, just with everything laying out, the winner of that Big Ten Michigan game, Michigan Ohio State game is gonna gonna be there. That's that's what I'm feeling. They're Unless, not gonna lose to anybody else, and they're gonna be there. Fingers crossed. Maryland beats Ohio State too. Oh. It would be so <laughs> delicious. And I don't like Maryland, but that would be delicious. All right. Uh, Heisman, you have any thoughts on Heisman this year? I never, I never do this. I never look at Heisman projections or anything. I really just don't even care about Heisman. I, don't. I haven't cared about it since like 99. No, I don't care about it. I don't look yeah. at it. Yeah. The only time I cared about it was when I thought Michael Vick might win it. And then when he didn't, I didn't care about it again, because to me, yeah. this award is strictly a college award and I love college football, but the Heisman trophy means nothing in comparison to what a player is going to do at the next level which is pretty much what college football is about uh, is getting these kids ready for the next level because 90% of the superstars and college football that you see are there for one reason and one reason only, and it's football. So uh, if, if the Heisman trophy is the best player of the year, that's fine. I think too many factors come into that and make it not that I think it becomes a popularity contest and what you see is players from the same region pick off voters in that region and cannibalize yeah. each other. And then somebody who's probably not the best player ends up winning because they're the only player from that part of the country. Excuse me if I'm missing somebody obvious, but I mean, Tua is the only player that's really stood out in my mind that like he's just been dominating everybody. And I know it's the whole team around him, but I mean, the Heisman is that. And I mean, Tua is the only guy that stood out in my mind that. I know he should be invited in my mind. And I guess that's the question, right? What is the Heisman Trophy? Is the Heisman Trophy MVP or is it best player? If it's best player, yes, it's Tua. If it's MVP, it's not Tua because that team could not have Tua and still go undefeated. Yeah, but it it is more, um, it's more best player because, I don't know. See, they already have an award for that. That's my problem. Yeah, the Maxwell for... Mm -hmm offensive and player of the dark for defense. So yeah, yeah I, I, I think two was the only one that stood out. That's pretty much all I've gotten there. 
I All don't right. disagree. Let's get out of here and let's get to the fun stuff. Okay, and we have Brad Faber with us from the Northern Virginia Daily this week. And Brad, uh, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, you know, staying busy. It's that time of year where the playoffs are, you know, fast approaching there for the football season. So it's uh, you know, a pretty fun time right now. Yeah, and you up there in the Northern Virginia Daily, you get to see the Central Falcons in the Bull Run District quite a bit. Um, they have a big game with Riverheads coming up this weekend on Friday. Let's talk about the Central Falcons and kind of where they are right now in their season. Yeah, well, this is a team that, uh, you know, they came in kind of having high hopes, uh, you know, a ton of seniors, pretty much, you know, most of that team back that, uh, you know, they had their first undefeated regular season in school history last year. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of high expectations coming in. They de- they've delivered so far. They're 8-0. Um, they posted five shutouts. Uh, that doesn't include a uh, forfeit win they got from uh, Parkview. So, uh, yeah, they're pretty, they're, uh, you know, they're rolling right now. And, you know, they all know how big this game is coming up. So, uh uh, you know, I was out there at practice earlier and you can just kind of tell, you know, the players are pretty pumped for this one. You talked about high expectations, you know, how were those talked about in the preseason and, and as the seasons carried on, I mean, is it's just blatant, uh, state championship is our goal or is it more, uh, uh, laid back and alluding to what that big goal is? Well, you know, um, I think every team you talk to, at least any team with, uh, you know, high aspirations, you know, they're going to mention that state title. And, uh, you know, I don't remember ex- if they came out and explicitly said that, but I know, you know, a lot of people within that program probably feel like this is their year, just kind of given, you know, all the experience they have. Um, Central does kind of, you know, they're not real, uh, you know, Coach Yo doesn't really tiptoe around, you know, you know, uh, you know what's expected of them. And, you know, I kind of heard it uh, address today, you know, you know, most coaches would maybe shy away from talking about, you know, how big this game is coming up. And, you know, he's telling the kids, you know, point blank, you know, this is huge for points for playoffs and, and things like that. So, you know, I'm sure that they've talked about state titles and, uh, you know, um, it's kind of their style, you know, they know what they want to accomplish and they're not afraid to kind of lay it out there. Going into this game, you know, this is a, a matchup that happened last year, Riverheads, went up to Central, lost that game. Central came away with a big victory. Um, you know, what's your initial look at how these two teams match up this year? Uh, it'll be interesting. Um, Central, I think, is a little bit different team than they were last year. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Yo kind of admitted as much, you know, after the game against Mason last Friday. You know, they were putting up, uh, you know, 50-some points a game last year and real explosive. And, you know, they've had a couple games here where they haven't quite looked like that. And he said, you know, maybe we're more ball control this year. But, uh, you know, that defense is still very good. They were very good last year. And you look at that game last year, you know, it came down to, uh, you know, I think Central was up 21-6 to in the second half, and they had a big goal line stand there late in the third quarter. Uh, They had an interception, I think, in the end zone in the final minute that, uh, you know, if Riverheads cashes in there, it's a one-possession game, and you don't know how that could go. So, you know, I think it it might be a similar matchup. From what I understand, Riverheads has a lot of their same kids back as well. So, you know, you look at the offenses coming into this, but I think it could come down to those defensive stops again. So you mentioned playoffs and what this game means for playoffs. Central chasing East Rock and even with a win may not catch East Rock for that top seed in the region, but with a loss is surely not going to catch them. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to, it's funny, I was trying to do the math earlier, and I think you're right about, you know, catching East Rock. I think something crazy would have to happen for Central, you know, even if they do win to, uh, you know, catch the Eagles at this point. So here's the other thing I was going to ask you, Brad. Uh, this Central team lost a home game in the playoffs to R.E. Lee last year, and Leland might disagree with what I'm about to say, but I feel like this East Rock team this year might be better than that R.E. Lee team last year, so... Is are people at Central talking about East Rock? Is that something they're thinking about, or are they just so focused on regular season right now they're not even looking that far ahead? I'm sure if you you know you go off the record with some of those guys in the program and and they'll say that they're thinking about East Rock a little bit, but I don't think at this point they're going to come out and say that. You know they don't meet during the regular season, and uh, yeah, it's you know getting a little too far ahead of themselves, even though you know they're they've been talking playoffs you know since about the midway point of the season, but um. Yeah, as far as it being, as far as East Rock being better than Lee, I can't, uh, I can't give my two cents on that just because I haven't seen East Rock this year. And from what I understand from everybody that has seen them, says they are very, very good. Um, I think you're kind of looking at the same, the same situation that Central was in last year, where they didn't get a whole lot of tests there during the regular season, and then they ran into Lee there in the second round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think looking at that, I think uh, you know Central is probably going to try to use that a little bit as you know maybe a little bit of a learning experience and uh we'll see how it goes but as far as you know them looking ahead at east rock you know i don't i haven't heard anybody mention that as of yet you know once we get a little closer that's probably going to change looking specifically at some players you know you you don't look at that roster too long before you see clanton's name and you've seen it on all state teams the last two years i believe and yeah. uh, he's an explosive player scoring multiple touchdowns every game it seems like Talk about him and, and, you know, how he gets the ball, running the ball, but also how Zeb Dyer feeds it to him. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, if you, you talk about versatile weapons and that kid is, you know, he's, you know, he fits the mold. He uh, He's a state track and field champion in the 100, 200, and 400 meters last year. Um, you know, just top-notch speed. One of the fastest kids I've seen, you know, covering high school football. And, you know, last season he was, uh, you know, I went back and did the math and he averaged, I think, uh, you know, a touchdown every – 2.7 touches or something like that. That's including uh, rushes, receptions, kickoff returns, and punt returns. You see a lot of uh, teams kicking away from him this year. Um, last week against Mason was the first time that I believe this season that they've really kind of lined him up in the backfield and given him some handoffs as a running back. They typically, you know, he's a receiver, so they'll do a lot of jet sweeps and ends arounds and things like that. They had a, uh, they're starting. Uh, running back Shane Watson was he had been sick the week before and was kind of working his way back so he was kind of on a pitch count so to speak against Mason and uh, they went a little more creative in the backfield but he's a kid you know you can run him in a straight line on a fly pattern down the field and Zeb Dyer's got the arm to just throw it out there and you know they make it look easy and you'll hear Kyle you know he says it all the time he said he's got the easy job you know it's it's pretty natural for him to just run down the field and you know he's going to outrun most guys so you know, he's he's always quick to give credit to uh, you know his blockers and things like that, and uh, it'd be interesting to see how they use him going down the stretch here because he is one of those kids. You know, I feel like, and I've said this a couple times. You know, he can they could probably give it to him every single snap, and he would make a big play. Um, they obviously like to get other kids involved, so it'll be interesting to see how much more they use him out of the backfield. Um, you know, Central's typically they'll just line up in the eyes of kind of an old school brand of football, which is kind of funny, you know, with, uh, you know, Clanton and his ability to spread the field, they do, you know, they'll just line up in the eye and just, you know, kind of run it down your throat. So, you know, I anticipate seeing him a little more in the backfield, you know, in the next two weeks. 
I mean, we know Kyle Clanton can play on the defensive side of the ball and has an impact there, but talk about some of the other guys on defense. Um, I know uh, Zach Abrams comes up. I remember his name from last year, uh, but talk about him and anybody else on the defense that, you know, these Riverheads fans will uh, likely be introduced to down in Greenville this week. Yeah, Zach Abrams is a kid there in the middle, uh, middle linebacker. He was actually another one. Uh, it, Central must have had a belt with some kind of uh, virus or something. They had a couple kids sick and uh, you know working their way back uh, last week. And uh, yeah, Zach's a kid that's you know he's a multi-year starter, very experienced. A lot of these guys are. That's why this defense is so good. Um, you mentioned Clanton. He's got six interceptions this season. Um, I've seen him you know personally take two to the house. He had one last week. Um, Declan Franklin is probably the one that, uh, you know, most Riverheads fans are going to get to know here, uh, Friday night, big kid up front, uh, plays both ways, offensive and defensive line. He's leading the team with six sacks. He's leading them in tackles. I don't have his, uh, tackle total right now, but going into that game last week, he had 22 more than anybody else on the team. He's just, you know, he's a big kid, tough to handle. And, you know, he's going to be a handful for, you know, probably Riverheads and anybody else they play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you could kind of go down the list and just look. I mean, they're starting, you know, seniors across the board. And like I said, that's why they're so good. You know, they're so experienced. They had the same success last year where they – I can't remember off the top of my head how many points they gave up last year, but it wasn't a whole lot. And they've given up only 46 through, um, you know, seven games that they've played. They, you know, they get credit for eight wins. But, uh, you know, like I said, the five shutouts this year. So, um yeah, this defense is is pretty stout. Everybody looks at their offense and how much point, how many points they put up, but uh, you know this defense can hold its own. All right, Brad. Well, we'll start to wrap things up here. The first thing we like to do at the end of our episodes is tell people what's dominating our life and what that we know that they need to know, and that's kind of where we talk about you know things we're binge watching or shows we're getting okay. into. Uh, so, what kind of stuff are you watching right now? Well, I will admit. Um, I've kind of fallen behind on my Better Call Saul watching. I've, I missed like the last three episodes, so I got to catch back up on that. Uh, the, the Walking Dead started up, so I'm, you know, getting back into that. Um, it's kind of getting in Halloween mode, so you know, gonna try to find some scary movies on Netflix. Um, oh, yeah. Other than that, I've just been watching football. You know, just uh, taking in as much sports as I can, and and you know how that goes. All right, you and Mike Barber need to talk because that was his exact list <laughs> know, from two was, weeks ago. <laughs> that was the exact same answers. But I want to see if I can get someone to agree with me or if I'm just I'm alone here. It's um, unlikely anybody will agree with you ever, Joe. Your thoughts on Virginia Tech so far, because I've been disappointed. I feel like this team is plateauing rather than progressing. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, I, I should start off saying I'm a tech grad. I graduated in 2011. So, uh, um, as far as the way I feel about the season, I don't know that it, disappointment is the right word. You know, I think the funny thing is, I think tech is about where everybody thought they would be right now, but the losses are a little different. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, before anybody knew, you know, just how much FSU was going to struggle this year, you know, you'd look at that and think, you know, that's a game that they go in and lose. And, you know, they're sitting there with two losses. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I will say I'm not very confident about this Thursday night game against Georgia Tech, just given how the defense has played. And I think Georgia Tech is 2-0 and against Fuente in the last two years. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if disappointed is the right word. They're still 3-0 and in the ACC right now. So, you know, they're kind of in the driver's seat. Um, just kind of hope they can put it away down the stretch. And, you know, it's going to be a tall task, uh, you know, to ask of that group. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I can handle that answer. Um <laughs> But uh, let folks know where they can find you and 
where they can find you on social media and with the Northern Virginia Daily. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Brad Falber NVD. Um, you can visit our website, nvdaily.com. We uh, you know, turn out a ton of football stuff. We do previews on all our stories and, uh, you know, all the games that we can get to. We're just a two-man staff right now, so it's kind of hard to cover the six public high schools that we cover. But, um, yeah, that's about it as far as the social media presence and online presence. Um, well, we thank you for joining us, Brad. Again, uh, we might have you back on if uh, one of our teams gets to see central again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. We might, uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking central and East rock in the playoffs. If both teams take care of business. Uh, definitely. I think so. Yeah. But thank you, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys. Welcome into the D block. And Joe, I think the same thing is dominating both of our lives because every time we've gotten together in the last week or so, it's been a topic of conversation between us. And I've had these conversations with my wife and my best friends and my parents. So what's dominating our life? It's daydreaming about the mega millions. Yeah, mega billions. Mm -hmm. Mega billions, yeah. Yeah, when I win. Yeah, when one of us wins, we have already talked about what's going to happen. So yeah, I mean... (laughs) Naturally, it would be dominating both of our lives. And we'll save that secret for people when we win it. Um, yeah, look, if I win, uh, don't call or text. Uh, the phone will be disabled immediately. Uh, those those who need to know will know how to get in touch with me. <laughs> but, yeah, otherwise, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I don't usually play the lottery. And when it gets yeah. this big, you know, it's $2 to dream is what I tell people. So... I mean, you're going to waste $2 at some point in your life. Why not on something that could be as fun as this? It's funny. My oldest daughter had heard us kind of just talking about it. And it's not like we're talking like plans, but we're just mentioning it. <laughs> oh, yeah. and she, so she doesn't know that it can't happen. Like it's not going to happen. It's not something <laughs> to think about. So like I just went on a, like a stream of like how impossible it was to happen. And I think I crushed her soul a little bit. So that didn't make me feel good as a dad. Did you, but- did you tell her the stat? that you are statistically more likely to get bit by a shark and struck by lightning at the same time (laughs) than to win the mega millions. I missed, I missed telling her that, but I came up with a lot of other stuff. That's probably a whole lot more likely to happen than the uh, lottery. I want to know though, what is the, what's like the funniest answer that you could give that maybe is legit. Maybe he's not, but what's the funniest answer? What's the first thing you buy? First thing I buy no, see, I'm very practical about this. That's fine. I, I've also that. seen the t- statistic that 70% of people who win the lottery go broke in five years. That's not going to be me. Yeah, it would be in the me 30. Either, but what's the first thing you buy? Uh, the first thing I buy is my uh, freedom from student debt. I pay off that student <laughs> loan, and I pay off my car, and then I start to get really careful with that money at that point. And I've got a my- lot of that money left. My answer is pretty funny. It's paving my parents' driveway, and anybody that's been to my parents' house is laughing right now because it is a treacherous, rocky problem that they have there. I call uh, one of our great uh, you know, site contractors in the valley, and I call them to go over there. And then I go look at my new Tundra, but I get that driveway paved. All right, what I want to know from you, and I think I've asked you this question before, but what is your favorite baseball movie? It's October. It's time to talk a little bit about baseball. But what is your baseball movie? Hmm. See, and we ask people this on 40 Sports sometimes. Yeah. And 
I always agree when people say it's tough because there are different kinds of baseball movies. Um, sure. Look, if I have to pick one and I'm only watching one movie, it's going to be Major League. I love Major League. <laughs> I think it's a hilarious movie. Now, if we want to get to brass tacks and it focuses on baseball, because that movie also has some other stuff going on and some goofy hilarity. But if we're talking about a serious baseball movie, then for me, it's um, Field of Dreams. Had yeah, a total total yeah. blank there for a second, but Field of Dreams <laughs> uh, with Kevin Costner, who <laughs> I think baseball, <laughs> yeah, who I think had in his uh, contract that he had to do at least one baseball movie every year there for a while. But uh, he's in Field of Dreams and he does great. It's a great message uh, with Field of Dreams and connects with people on a lot of different levels. But I, I would lo- say again, Major League. Bob Euchre as Harry Doyle is my favorite character in maybe movie history. Yes, he's great. I'm not going to repeat any of your answers. All those would be considered. Uh, Sandlot is just like a formative movie for me growing up. Uh, so I always come back to that. I know it's not the greatest film ever made, but it's such a good movie. Uh, I got to show it to my daughter, my oldest, uh, the other week, and she loved it. And it just made my life better. Uh, and she's not even into baseball on its own. So, But Sandlot was, is just kind of my default answer. I love Little Big League. Uh, the major league and the stuff that you said, I put Moneyball on a lot and I know that's not even the greatest movie. I just, I just like how they handle uh, the discussion of baseball there, but Sandlot, that's my answer. And speaking of Moneyball, Orioles front office, if somehow you have stumbled your way on this and made it this far, Moneyball is the future. So can we please interview a GM that believes in <laughs> analytics? What do you know that I need to know? I know, and we're going to talk about this more, so I won't deep dive into this, but Virginia Tech being 15 in the preseason poll, my first reaction when I saw it, wow, that's high. <laughs> that is high. It's scary. Are we Are we really going to be that good? Are we know. really supposed to be no, that good? This is the first time that I feel like we have to live up to expectations with basketball. I kind of love it because with where we're, the uncertainty that surrounds baseball, I love that we have some expectations for basketball. I'm not going to lie. They put out that poll today. I looked at the schedule, started comparing schedules, seeing when we're playing who. Not that I hadn't already looked at the schedule, but I started getting excited about basketball season. So that's why they put these polls out now is to no, get they people do. excited. It, it worked. I, look, Virginia Tech basketball will be exciting. I'm saying this as I wear a Virginia Tech hoodie, which Leland probably hates right now because I've said so many bad things about Virginia Tech in this podcast already. As soon as you start talking crap on Buzz, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Buzz. I do like Buzz. I think Buzz has done really well at that program. I think Buzz will go down as one of, if not the greatest coach in Virginia Tech history when it's all said and done at that basketball great. program. He has some work to do, so great. I love that. that that's your prognosis. Yeah, um, but, man, 15 seems high. It, it does, but I love it. Do I, I think they're going to be a four seed in the tournament? Ugh, I don't know. I don't even know if they're fourth in the ACC, which is where they are right hey, now. We've been fourth in the ACC a handful of times. I know, but and maybe maybe I'm just not there. Like how a lot of people are with the football team, I guess. I am with the basketball team. Like I'm just like, whoa, you know, hey, getting in the tournament and everything else is icing on the cake. Like that's kind of yeah, where we I still am. Are there. And, yeah, and you know, a lot of people at football are like, hey, just get into that bowl game, man. That's all we want. Keep the streak alive. For me, that's not enough with football, and. You know, basketball, I'm not even thinking about finishing the season in the top 25. Like, that's foreign to me. The the, I, the thought of finishing, especially, let alone 15. I think, I think if I had to, like, say what my optimal for the season was before I saw this poll, I would have said, like, a six seed in the tournament. 
I think that would be Absolutely. like, holy crap, we're awesome, six seed in the tournament. So I think we're there. So that's still ranking. That's still a top 25 team. So, uh, hey, if we have a little extra on us, I like it. Um, and hopefully Buzz can use that the right way. I, I agree with you, Leland. Love it. All right. Well, that will do it for us here on Yak Sports Podcast this week. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Podcast on Facebook. Like us on there and, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, I believe we're on as well. Yeah, we're on all of it. We're on all of it. So wherever you get your podcast, we're on there. Uh, just find us. Share it with your friends. Um, I know Leland and I aren't the best at sharing our own page sometimes, but <laughs> you guys feel free to share it uh, so other people can find us and leave a review so other people can find us. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we Leland and I enjoy this. We do it for you guys. So we hope you enjoy it too. Feel free to comment on there too. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why you don't enjoy it. If you've listened this, if you hate listen, like I hate watch, tell us why you don't enjoy it. So maybe we can make it more enjoyable. We could handle some criticism. We'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, so be sure to share the episodes and share them with your friends. And again, interact with us. We love the interactions and we will definitely be reading comments out. We may have to paraphrase if you don't use family friendly <laughs> language, but I don't think that's going to be a problem for most of our listeners. So until next week for Leland, McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Thanks for listening to the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.